From a young age, I was passionate about nutrition and helping people with their health. When I started practicing in the field, I realized that physiology and psychology are intimately intertwined. Some of my clients just needed to know what to do to feel better. And many of my clients knew what they should be doing, they just weren't doing it. Underneath it all, unconscious conditioning was getting in the way of their success. This drove me to uplevel my skill set and coach my clients to remove some of their mental roadblocks and reconnect with the wisdom of the body. I learned about the importance of embodiment and harnessing the power of emotions to get more of what you want from life. I started offering intensive one-to-one coaching packages and I launched my Grounded Goddess group program. I also wanted to create a free offering to help women understand the power of the mind, body, and emotions. I created the Grounded Goddess Blueprint. The Grounded Goddess Blueprint is a 43-page guide that will help you reconnect with what you want from life and teach you how to build your roadmap to create it. It will help you understand why you often find yourself going round in circles and engaging with self-sabotage. If you feel stuck, overwhelmed, or frustrated with lack of results, you want the Grounded Goddess Blueprint. If you want clarity, understanding, and more success, you want the Grounded Goddess Blueprint. Just go over to groundedgoddess.co.uk forward slash blueprint and grab your copy. That's groundedgoddess.co.uk forward slash blueprint. I believe one of the most important things that we can do is give ourselves the gift of truly nourishing the soul through time spent in self-inquiry, moments that still the mind and practices that light us up and allow us to reconnect to the child within. Move, Breathe, Create is a platform that celebrates soul nourishment. Move your body to get out of your head. Breathe to give yourself mental clarity and calm. Create without expectation to fuel your inspiration and delight your senses. Come and join us over at movebreathecreate.com and use the code kombucha for your first month free. I'm looking forward to seeing you inside the community. Over the past year, I've been on a healing adventure. I've spent the past 12 months recovering from brain fog, pain, and chronic fatigue. Like any good adventure story, there have been highs and lows, losses and gains, and an incredible amount of personal growth and lessons learned. This journey has made me a better health practitioner and a more empathetic coach. To add more meaning to my experience, I wanted to create something that would help others to increase their energy, clear their mind, and restore their health. I created the Brain Fog Bible. The Brain Fog Bible is a 47-page guide that covers what I call the low-hanging fruit. It explores the most important areas to be assessed and addressed if you want more from life, but your brain and your body are holding you back. You can grab a copy at brainfogbible.com forward slash download. That's brainfogbible.com forward slash download. Hi, I'm Shay, and welcome to Kombucha and Color. Kombucha and Color is a weekly podcast hosted by me, Shay Dyer, a yoga teacher and creative graphic designer, and Anna Marsh, a functional medicine practitioner and women's health coach with a love of all things health and fitness. 
This podcast is here to inspire women to embrace health and live life bright. You can find more about me, Shay, at shaydyer.com. You can find out more about me, Anna, at annamarshnutrition.co.uk. And each week we will be bringing you inspiring content for a healthier and happier mind, body, heart, and soul. Hi everyone, it's Shay here. Welcome back to another episode of Kombucha and Color. Thank you for joining us. Today I have a very special guest on the show who is a re- special. <laughs> He's a repeat guest on the show. I have my husband and baby daddy yeah, Warren baby Dyer. Girl. Hello. <laughs> so welcome back to the show. Thanks. Good to be back. So we wanted to chat today about our choices and how we're feeling about the home birth preparation that we had. I shared a little bit about it on social media and um, I've had a lot of query and question about it and about our decisions and especially about, I suppose, Warren's feeling to it and how I managed to convince him, persuade him to to a home birth. So that's where we're going to go with the episode today. But first of all, how are you doing today, What? Yeah, not too bad, thanks. Um, lots going on. Um, moving house, having a baby. Um, so, <laughs> a few things going on, but I'm, I'm not too bad, thank you. Yeah, how you, are you today? I'm good. You've been working very hard today, I have to say. You've been filling in cracks in the wall and painting and moving stuff and boxing things. Yeah, getting everything ready for the final, final move this next week. Yeah, so hopefully we'll be out of this place on Friday and then we'll be moved into our new place where we will hopefully be having the home birth. Um, hopefully. Hopefully, um, if all goes to plan. So before we get into our home birth topic, I asked for questions on social media for you and I've got two fun questions <laughs> that came through. The first question was relating to packing and it was um, asking you, how many boxes did it take to fill all your sunglasses? Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, uh, because I packed so well, it only took one. <laughs> but I saw you also had a few to pack. I um, did. How many boxes did it take you? Well, I did. Or did I pack them for you? <laughs> I've not packed very many boxes. <laughs> You're the one who's packed the most boxes, but also your sunglasses haven't, and we've moved all our stuff to the new place, but your sunglasses haven't gone to the new place because they are very precious commodities. They're safe. safe. They're right next to the passports and the very important things. (laughs) Part of the same batch. And then I have another fun question from you, and this comes from a friend, Lara, who lives down the street from us, and she wants to ask you, Warren. How many times do you really go to Tesco's? <laughs> well, a pregnant wife has needs, you know. <laughs> well, the thing is, is that Laura's a friend of ours from down the road. And every single time she goes to Tesco, she sees Warren at Tesco's. And she messages me and she's like, Shay, I've seen Warren at Tesco's again. <laughs> I know, it's crazy. Like every time I go, I'm like, I wonder if I'll see Laura. And then suddenly I'm walking across the street and I see a stranger looks like taking a photo of me i'm like that's a bit weird i'm just going to keep walking maybe it's of the the, the building behind me and then it's <laughs> just gonna hey warren warren i was like oh hey hello. <laughs> but yeah you, so, you 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 are you are in tesco's a lot to to get your pregnant wife yes. um some good good nutritional needs yes. <laughs> From citrus fruits to all sorts so how has your experience of this pregnancy been it's been pretty easy <laughs> 
Um, no, I think I think it, to start with, as obviously as we both know, it was a a, a big a big shock and but a good surprise at the same time. And yeah, very exciting. And as it's gone on, I think I think uh, I struggled in the beginning when I could see how you were feeling, and there was literally nothing I could do. And also, you you were unsure as to what you could do because it's all it was new to both of us. But yeah, I think we after the first bit we we kind of got got into the stride, and, yeah. and and I think you've been you've been incredible in terms of how you've how you've progressed and everything you've you've done towards giving our baby the best shot. Yeah, and how are you feeling now about a baby coming literally in the next? It's actually next month the baby's yeah, due. I know, <laughs> That's I know. crazy. It is. Um, it is very soon. I've been so focused on sort of the house, moving house and everything with that, that it kind of has been creeping up and I'm a little bit nervous as to how much we have to do pram-wise and we, we, we are in the process of getting stuff sorted, but I kind of feel quite underprepared at the moment, but it's going to be a flurry of action and uh, we'll, we'll get there, we'll yeah. get there. But no, feeling, yeah, feeling okay, I think, there, but there are quite a lot of distractions at the moment with obviously the current, current, um, COVID climate, um, moving house, a lot of stuff going on. Um, but I think once we get in and can start to settle down in our new place, I think that's when I'll, it'll really... Um, hit home. Hit, hit home it. Okay. <laughs> We're getting, we you'll be having a baby. There we go. <laughs> but I think also is that you, and I've said this to you before, I said that you have taken on a lot of the mental stress and the admin of moving house and you've left, like I have not felt the stress of it all and the enormity of everything that needs to be done for us to move house. So I'm very grateful for you to, for taking all of that on. Yeah, you're welcome. So thank and, you. And thank you for your, your help in between when I was, when I was going through some struggles. Um, <laughs> it was nice to have a, a cheerful, happy smile and, and uh, positive affirmation and and it was amazing to have you by my side at the same time good team good team so i was trying to think about our decision for a home birth and i can't our decision (laughs) did you feel like you were coerced into it (laughs) i feel like it was your decision and you convinced me well i was trying to think about for me whether it was an actual decision that i was like actually this is what i want to do or it was just like something that over time with the reading that I've done and the pregnancy training courses that I've done and just more deeper understanding of the physiology of birth and the physiology of labor that it just actually it was never really a decision it just felt like this this made so much sense Mm. to me like this is the environment that the physiology in a straightforward way can most easily progress and I think like that was the that was the main thing for me I was trying to think like what was it when what made me decide that I would want a home birth and I don't feel it was ever a decision. But I, I will say that I, I did have done a lot of research and looking up into the stats and in terms of the safety for baby and safety for mother. And from everything that I found from this local trust that we're in, the outcomes for mother and baby are the same for home birth versus in a hospital. And actually in a home birth environment, the outcomes for the mother are actually far more favorable because there's less intervention often. Mm. Um, but also having said that, that 
you know, no matter where you give birth, I think it's the right place for you as long as you feel empowered in your decision making and feel empowered in the process. And I think that's a key thing of making decisions that are informed, making decisions that you feel that you are at the center of the experience rather than somebody else kind of ushering you through a system that you feel that you were not really an active participant in and I think that was also it made me realize like actually I want to I want this experience to be one and I at the center of it and I think the home birth option offers that most um, favorably for those for those kinds of things so that's kind of what led me to that but this is also to say that things could completely change if things you know, don't go to plan. We are open to being in the hospital. We are open to a birth center. We are open to whatever comes. If we feel that this is no longer the right decision for us, then we will change. So we're not locked into one particular thing. But if things do progress straight forward, which I think and hope they will, mm. then I think we stand a good chance of having a straightforward yeah. um, positive home birth. What was the thing that convinced you that 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 you felt like? Because oh, in in, initially, I think that you were a bit like, "Ooh, I don't know about this home birth idea." Oh uh, yeah, I, I think to start with, being I guess uneducated um, and naive about the whole the whole thing, my thinking was, if you have the option to be in a hospital, which which seems like the best place for you to be to have a baby, why would you want to deviate from that option? But the more you sort of more the more you read and more you researched um and the more you told me about it it was very early on that i was like actually yeah this does make so much sense and it's been fascinating to find out more as as obviously the information is fed from you um yeah and i've just i feel very comfortable and very confident about having a home birth because i feel that that will be the best environment for you to be in and also will also be good for me because I can also provide feel like I can provide more support or be more supportive in that environment when when there's yeah. less going on I guess I just also feel hospital is very very sort of clinical and rule driven and um, I'll need to stay in a certain place where this here in a, in a, for a home birth mm. I'll have the flexibility to do exactly what you need me to and to to be there for you how you need me to as opposed to having to stand out the way or feeling like I'm getting in the way of a doctor or whatever um so that's that's also something I'm I'm glad about um Mm. home birth option Mm. and I think that's actually very true and it's something that I only found out later after we had kind of made the decision for home birth was that as exactly as you said there's like this subconscious thing that goes on in people who arrive as birth partners in a hospitalized environment where suddenly you've got this quote-unquote the person who's the expert who's the doctor who's the medical professional and because you've got this expert in the room the person who is the the birth partner or the person who is there to support you actually has the subconscious stepping back stepping away to let the person who's the expert kind of take over but really they forget that you, the the birth partner, is the expert in the person who's giving birth, usually, because they know you the most, they know what you would need to have comfort, they know what you would need to have a sense of safety, and I think, like, when you are in a home environment, you are in your natural space, you, you feel like you can step up, and it's people coming to assist you in your space, as opposed to you going into this um, foreign environment, and then trying to make the best of the situation when you've got this 
underlying subconscious feeling of I don't know if I'm actually allowed to do this mm. or can I can I support you in this way I'm not sure and then also it was really interesting so we've hired um, a doula Natalie Meddings and she's got an amazing book called How to Have a Baby it's just so beautiful and simple and back to like the real natural way of, of doing things and she, when she was talking to us about um, home birth and just our options she said something that was so interesting and she's like you know, it really should be a home birth is just birth and a birth in a hospital is medicalized birth. And yet we've gone in this complete opposite way of thinking is that a birth in a hospital is normal where there's much greater chance for intervention for all these different um, things that end up happening on that cascade of intervention. And home birth is like this option where if you tell people you're having a home birth, they're like, Ooh, that's a bit odd. That's a bit strange. Like that's abnormal. That's not weird. But birth, it's it's a physiological, natural process of the body. So it's like a, and I think there is there, there does come a lot of trust with having a home birth, and I think that's like the big thing as well. Is like there's a lot of trust in, or at least for me, I feel like there's a lot of trust that I have in my body and the baby and the birth process to be able to have a home birth and. Also, a caveat to that is that we are very close to a hospital. Like, mm. we are five minutes from a hospital. Yeah, and literally just down the road. Yeah. So, that that also, like, a, is a big factor. And I think, like, I've got some South African friends um, where the South African system is just not set up in the same way for for home births as it is in the UK. Whereas here, you know, you are assigned, you, you have everything, all the appointments and everything are done through the hospital, but you're assigned to a home birth team so that you are not, the home birth team is not in opposition to the hospital, it's part of the hospital, so that if you do need to transfer for whatever reason, it's a very easy access in. It's not like you have this completely independent situation at home, and now suddenly if something you need to transfer for whatever reason, now suddenly you've got to kind of get into the system. So I think that like it's it, def- it definitely is dependent on your area, def- dependent on your sense of what makes you feel safe where you feel that birth could most easily unfold in a straightforward way and yeah just just trusting yourself in that so yeah i can see you've got a lot of trust in yourself as i do in you too yeah and i think that's also a huge thing like I had a friend of mine who's also pregnant at the moment, and she was wanting a home. Everybody's pregnant. Everybody's pregnant. (laughs) It's this quarantine. (laughs) Got us. (laughs) Got us. But we were we were in early lockdown. We had two weeks before before the real lockdown started because it it would have got us at any some stage. (laughs) It just happened to be in the beginning. (laughs) Yeah. So um, it got us good. Yeah. but now I forgot what I was going to say. <laughs> uh, for a friend. Oh yeah, and so and she was she was really keen for a home birth, and um, her partner was not convinced on the home birth, and I think that if if in our situation, if I had been like Warren, I really want a home birth, but you were only ninety five percent sure on it, and you were like, I want to support you in this, but I'm actually. I do have my hesitations and my reservations about it. I think that I would feel very differently about it because in order for me to feel like, okay, this is a good place for us to be because of the support that I can get, I can relax, I can let my body relax, I can let everything just be as it is because I have confidence from you and the support from you. I think that if there was any bit of doubt in you, it would put doubt in me, which would create a whole other chain of Hmm. events. And I think we might not be... Going for a home birth. I thought you were quite surprised at how quickly I was sort of fully on board with it. Yeah, I really was. I was like, oh, that 
That didn't even take my. <laughs> that didn't take much convincing. It's like, oh, why not? Of course. It's like, oh, oh, I had this whole, <laughs> this whole story and I've got to convince you. No, I don't need to. Yeah, oh, sure. exactly, exactly. So the other question that I had on home birth was, what about all the mess? Are you worried about the mess of home birth? And I was like, oh, I don't know how to answer this because, anyway, babies are going to be messy. So you may as well just, just... get used to it. <laughs> Um, yeah, yeah, but I think one of the tips is, is to get like towels and just don't hold. worry, I've got this. <laughs> you got it. <laughs> Warren is like, <laughs> you know, we've just been doing a whole lot of moving at the moment, and Warren will like go and order like a hundred cotton sheets to like lay over the floor so that the, the movers don't dirty the carpets, and then he's got this padding over here and this goes over here so that the boots um, don't. It's all planned, it's all planned. <laughs> That's why you are literally the perfect birth partner. I think you should become a midwife after this. <laughs> That's a drastic change, but we'll, we'll see how this one goes. <laughs> well, I said to you the other day, I was like, I feel like even if you weren't my husband, I would want you as a birth partner. You're the best. Yeah, I know. Yeah. It's because I, I feel like you're very grounded. You're very attentive. You're very, um, like, your personality is observation and quiet and observing and also very very like gentle and supportive and i think that's like probably the characteristics that you want from somebody who's supporting you in labor and you're very intuitive as well in terms of like oh i can see that shay might be thirsty i won't even like ask her if she needs something to drink i'll just bring some water and put it right there and then it's like it's something that doesn't have to be thought about yeah no i I do try um and i think i think there there's a lot that that uh, is needed on the day and hopefully hopefully I can tick most of the boxes. No, I think you will. Yeah. I think it'll be a good team. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Definitely. So the other question that I had was also about pain relief in labour, um, especially with home birth. And I suppose it's more of a question for me to answer is... Yeah, I was going to say, I'm not too sure. <laughs> um. <laughs> well, you're going to be a big part of the pain relief. No, of course. Yeah, yeah. Um, but in terms of my pain, uh, there won't there won't be much for me. Yeah. Me to need relief for from. But you know what I was thinking about this, and I was thinking that um, the labour is like what what they call labour in in childbirth is actually the the work that's been done, and I feel like possibly we will labour the same amount mm. in birth, except I'll have the sensations and you won't. Yeah. Well, I'm sure if you squeeze my hand, I'll have some sensations too. <laughs> Well, Gloria, one of the midwives who came to visit us at home. And that was also like a really lovely feeling that I got from the home birth visit because I've had a few appointments in the clinics, in the actual hospitals because of COVID and just the regulations that have changed. And it's a very different feeling when you go into the hospital to have a test done or some, or, you know, you have a routine checkup versus when the midwife is coming to your house it's a very very different Mm. feeling because it felt like Gloria was coming in and like here we she was meeting us as people meeting us as like here we are inviting her into our home like she was coming over for tea yeah it had a very different much more personal feel yeah when you go into a hospital and sit across the desk from someone and yeah very very different and even though I've I mean I've met Gloria in the clinic and met her at home and it's the same person but mm. just the environment and just the the feeling that you get from it is completely different mm. i found um which was also really th- positive reinforcements of the decision that we've made but it was so funny one of the when she came here and i was lying on the couch for a checkup and she came and asked warren to come and feel the baby's head and feel where the baby's lying and how it's lying 
And Warren was kind of leaning over the couch, like kind of bent half over, leaning over. And Gloria said, wait, Warren, whoa, do not, do not, when Shay's in labor, do not lean over her like that if she's in the birth pool. Because I can tell you 100%, she will pull you right in. (laughs) (laughs) You're going to go for a swim. Get down on your knees. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Also protect your back. Yeah. Yeah, she was saying that so many of the, she goes for like the postnatal checkups at like six weeks and she's asking the mothers how they're doing and the mothers are like, no, no, I'm good. And the poor fathers are like, my back is killing me because they've like been pulled down from this woman in labor who's just grabbed onto something and pulled. (laughs) So make note of uh, coming down to our level. (laughs) But just in terms of the pain relief, um, so we're going to be looking at getting a birthing pool which is going to be your job to set up. And that's part of the, mm-hmm. the cleanliness. You're going to have to yeah. put it up and put it down. Use the poop scoop. <laughs> I'm keen. I'm keen. Fishing. You've been training for this your whole life. My whole life. <laughs> <laughs> oh, gosh. Um, and I've heard that um, being in water is a really good pain relief for, for labor. Um, so that's one of the, the big tools that we are going to have. But then also there's, I think, a lot to be said about the relationship between pain and the brain and the body. And there's something called the fear-tension-pain cycle. So what happens is that when you have tension in your body, the body holds physically. And then that creates this fear in the body or fear in the mind. And then that fear then produces more pain. The pain then creates more tension. The tension then creates the fear. The fear then creates the pain and it goes around in the cycle. So the more that you can, I guess, train your body to go against the natural feeling of holding up or locking up as soon as you have that feeling of pain in the body, when you can relax, when you can breathe through, when you can use your breath, then it it changes the quality and the intensity of it. What they do bring to your house is gas and air. So that is something that you would also have. Gas and air, yeah. (laughs) Sorry. So that is something that they do bring um, if you need it. Also in Natalie Medding's book, How to Have a Baby, like there's just such simple things that are really just about supporting, nourishing and nurturing the birthing woman in terms of putting heat packs on your back and hot water bottles. And I was actually going to ask about that, about keeping warm in the, yeah. in the pool. Like, do you keep topping up with warm water or, or do you want cold water? Yeah, and that's the other thing. They said, like, you can put hot, like, water bottles on your back. This is obviously before you get into the water. And then ice chips to eat are apparently very, like, and also something to take your mind off the sensations of the body. And the whole premise of hypnobirthing is give the mind something to do so that the body can get on with its job that it's going to do anyway. And so, like, you have these ice chips that are a cooling sensation, but also um, hydrating for the body, and then cold flannels on your forehead, um... Yeah, I was wondering about the the ice because I didn't know whether to make some flavored ones or if you just want plain ice or... uh, Who knows? I know. (laughs) That's the thing. I didn't want to go with some sort of flavor that you're like, why have you done that? (laughs) Um, Yeah. No, but uh, there'll definitely be some options. There's some nice cool towels in the fridge that you can put on your face. Yeah. And I think also, I think, you know, the pain relief stuff is, it'll be different person to person, but I think... The more that you can remind yourself and have this feeling of safety and this is normal, this is a process, like 
I think because it's such an unusual sensation in the body and it's something if it's your first time you've not experienced before but especially like having a doula there to support you to go this is normal what you're feeling is normal and it's not it's not out the realm of what's supposed to be happening right now so keep going and I think that's where like the support from a partner or a doula comes in where they can just give you that loving reassurance like everything's safe you're doing well this is going well and I think like for me, my love language is words of affirmation. So I've said to Warren already, I'm like, you better get your words out. Yeah. <laughs> get all the words. <laughs> yeah. I'm a man of few words, but on that day, shit, I'm yeah, you better be bring, coming at you. <laughs> you better bring them out. <laughs> essential oils are also really good. And Natalie does a lot of work with essential oils and different massage techniques and acupressure points on the hands and fingers and on the back and on the pelvis showers there's tens machines that you can get as well which are like just also that electrical impulse that you can put onto your lower back and i think all these things are really what they're doing is giving the body something else to think about something else to focus on but we've also done a few different breathing techniques where you have your hands closed or i'll have my hands closed um, one fist closed one fist open and then warren will squeeze my wrist and as i breathe in he squeezes my wrist on the left side and then as i breathe out he will release my hand on the right and then do this like a circuit breaker um, breathing technique and it's also just something for the mind to occupy itself a with yeah like a little distraction and even some of the hypnobirthing tools that we've been doing it we haven't done them in a while because we've been so busy with moving mm. you've been busy with moving i've been busy with growing the baby yeah which is <laughs> even more important so <laughs> you, um, you keep doing that yeah but even some of those techniques from the how to birth better book i've forgotten who wrote it but i'll put it into the show notes but even those techniques of relaxation they give the birthing partner something to do by stroking up and down the forearm or raising the hand up and then letting it go. And I think it's also just another sensation for you to focus on um, so that you not just be consumed by by the sensations that you're experiencing in, in the body. But yeah, I think I also I realized early on in this labor journey that there's going to be some point in the labor that I will feel like, oh my gosh, I'm actually, there'll be a point where there's so much vulnerability in terms of if something dangerous were to, and this is like speaking from an evolutionary perspective, if something dangerous was to happen, like a lion coming to attack us or something like really from a primal <laughs> primitive place, like if there was something dangerous coming to attack us, I would be in a position where I cannot do anything to help myself. I cannot do anything to protect myself or to 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 defend myself in any way and I feel and I like I remember I was walking in the park and I had this this moment like quite early on like probably like even around 12 weeks where I was like there's going to be this point where I'm going to feel like I have to hand over my entire life and the life of this baby to Warren Mm. and like it made me like even now I get all choked up thinking about it because I have such a level of trust in you that I feel like I can do that and I think yeah and I think that's what's that would that for me makes it like there will be a point where I feel like I'm going to have to step out of this in terms of like a mental space because there's nothing that I can do in terms of in that moment of there's nothing that you can physically do if something else was to happen. Well, the best you're going to get is a fox knocking at the door. So <laughs> <laughs> we'll be okay. <laughs> but no, I do, I do, yeah. I do understand your, your, your point and I'm glad that I'm glad that I... I can be there 
and be that person and and allow you to move through that yeah confidently yeah well i'm really i'm I'm actually i'm really looking forward to i'm really looking forward to birth and like we've been i've been making like a playlist a birth playlist and in the early stages of labor just from the physiology that you want is that you want to up the oxytocin as much as you can so oxytocin is a hormone that is literally translated as quick birth and it is the hormone that is often connected to the love hormone or it's sometimes the happy drug and you get it when you are touching skin to skin and when you feel bonded to somebody or when you have good memories or you have that good feeling of like just positive love between people and that's that touch and every single time I hear a song that reminds me of a memory of you and I or a song that I feel like oh this is like touching me in my heart like I want to like put it onto the playlist and like I think like those early phases of of labor like will be really special like Mm. just being at home and you and I and like I envision us and I've done a lot of visualization on this which I think is another important technique But yeah, I've had like a lot of visualizations of us being in the new place and just having a good old dance in the lounge and fairy lights, fairy and, lights and, and good vibes. And yeah, and that's another thing of like the environment that you can create at home is obviously very different to the environment that you create in hospital. Although oh, you cracking fire, yeah, cracking oh. fire. <laughs> it's going to be wintry and cold. Oh. And so I th- like obviously you can, you, there is some things that you can do in a, in a birth center or in a hospital um, environment to try and recreate as much of that dark, private um, experience that you would um, get at home. But I think like the more that you can really just make it like this nurturing, loving space, the easier it is for your body to let go, unwind and do what it needs to do. So <laughs> exciting. Bring it on. <laughs> Um, but first we need to move but first we need to move yeah, yeah. so that's coming let's Friday yeah so if you if you would say like let's say somebody who's like thinking about a home birth and they're like oh I really would love a home birth but how am I going to convince my partner about it how am I going to like pull them over and like like <laughs> get them what, what what did you say like what what do you think would be the thing what what kind of tipped you over yeah I think it was just how confident you were in home birth situation and um and also when you were telling me about how the whole birth process or in hospitals is all sort of designed around or, or designed by men yet the it's the woman that goes through the birth and a home birth puts you as a woman in the best position as opposed to um being in a hospital where you often are instructed and the process that you go through is is designed by men Mm. no and there's a really interesting podcast exactly on that topic by a male midwife which is really unusual and um i'll actually link that in the show notes but what he says in this podcast is that the woman's response to stress is to seek out oxytocin which is that bonding hormone so from like an evolutionary perspective when a woman feels like under stress she wants to make sure that she's part of the tribe that she's like connected to the tribe so that there's safety there whereas a man's response to stress is that they seek a testosterone hit which is the action I must do something something must be measured something must be calculated something must be done and if you think about it from an evolutionary perspective that was necessary because they were men generally in evolutionary primitive times were like out hunting and out doing like their 
calculation of like risk assessment of, you know, on the chase, on the hunt. And so when birth went into hospitals, it, it had that same model where it was developed by men. And it was this feeling of a woman's now come into the hospital, there's a stress, which is not really a kind of medical stress, but just like, oh, there's someone that's a little bit um, going through a big emotional, big stuff in the body. What must we measure? And then it, you get into cervix dilation, which actually is not a real accurate measure of anything. Then you measure all these different things, measuring contractions, measuring the time of this, measuring this. And it leads to this very like instrumental medicalized approach to birth, which is not how it actually unfolds from a physiological perspective. And one of the things I think from Natalie's book is her saying like, if you liken birth to an orgasm, if you try and suddenly say to somebody like, okay, what's the measurement now? How many minutes apart are you here? What's, what's this height? What's this length? And it's just like, it completely takes you out of the physiology of the body. And I think like, it's just two different, completely different models. But yeah, I think it's, it's important that you still, wherever you have, wherever you birth, whether it's in the hospital birth center or at home, that you feel like you are at the center of it as the birthing person. So yeah, I'm excited. Yeah, no, I'm excited too. <laughs> and you're going to be the great labor partner who's yeah, going to become I'm, a midwife. <laughs> I can't wait to, to be that person for you. Well, is there anything else that you want to share about how you're feeling about baby and anything? Uh, I think that's a whole nother podcast. <laughs> um, but but no, I'm I'm excited. Um, it's a, it's a big a big next step. Yeah. Um, but it's it's fun feeling the kicks and talking to baby in the tummy and um, I guess it's, it's sometimes less fun for you because the baby's kicking at night where where you're trying to sleep. But <laughs> but it is it is fun to know that there's a there's a little, a little one inside. Yeah. Baby snaps. Yeah, a little baby snaps. Um, yeah. But yeah, I'm looking forward to looking forward to meeting him or her. Yeah. Do you still think that it's a boy? I, I do again because of 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 your confidence. In, in <laughs> um, but but at the same time, uh, yeah, I I think I'd have. I'm not too sure, really. Yeah. Well, I think from from very early on, it was probably, I think it might have even been before we took the pregnancy test, and you woke up one morning and you were like, I dreamt that I had, uh, I yeah, d- I had a dream. Like, boy. Yeah. And I, I was like, Warren, that's so weird because... I've never, I've never dreamt of, of me having a baby before. Yeah. So first time you've ever dreamt about having a baby and it was mm-hmm. a little boy, and mm-hmm. I went to bed the night before and thinking... It was yours, by the way. <laughs> well, lucky that. <laughs> Um, and I went to bed the night before thinking this is a boy. And then when you woke up and told me that, I was like, okay, it's two signs. And so from then we've just been like quite, I feel like quite convinced that it's a boy, but obviously I can, uh, I can be wrong and I'm happy to be wrong. Like whatever yeah. comes, comes, but I've been amazed how much I've been dreaming while you've been pregnant. I, don't I, know. Know, I don't know what, uh, what hormones you've been sending over <laughs> to me, but yes, it's a, <laughs> several dreams a night yeah and like because i noticed like such a huge upswing in pregnancy dreams like just crazy and i actually i was documenting them and then i stopped documenting them because i was like this is just going to waste a whole lot of space in my very precious journal (laughs) (laughs) so um maybe you've been infiltrating the pregnancy hormones yeah yeah and actually they were saying i did um that baby's documentary on netflix they Mm. said that um actually they tracked the male partner's hormones after birth and many of them depending on how engaged they were with the baby and how engaged they were and supportive they were of the of the of the mother they their hormones actually shifted also 
to have higher levels of oxytocin and that bonding hormone as well. So yeah. we're on sync. Yes. <laughs> Um, but thank you again for coming onto the podcast. We've had to reschedule it a few times because of just life and yeah. being busy and Definitely. you've been doing lots of packing and admin of moving. Good to be, good to be back on here. I'm sure we'll do another one on babies. Arrival. Soon. Yeah. <laughs> um, and I just want to say thank you so much because I'm so excited to have this journey and to do this with you. I wouldn't, I couldn't think of doing this with anyone else. So thank yeah, you. I feel the same. Yeah. You're going to be an amazing mother. And you are going to be an amazing dad. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you everyone for listening to this episode. And I thank you, Warren, for coming on. I know it's not your favorite thing to talk <laughs> on the podcast, but I do manage to drag you in sometimes. <laughs> now you can go watch the footy. Yay! <laughs> um, but thank you, everyone. And we'll see you again next week. Bye. Bye. Thank you for listening to another episode of Kombucha and Color. If you have enjoyed or been inspired by our conversations today, please leave a five-star review on Stitcher or iTunes. Don't forget to share with friends and family. This will help other women find inspiration to live life bright. We'd love to connect with you on social media. Come find me, Shay, by searching Shay Dyer Yoga on Facebook or Instagram. You can find me, Anna, by searching Anna Marsh on Facebook or Instagram. And remember, you can always refer to the links in the show notes. See you next week. If you have enjoyed our conversation today and you're curious about what breathwork can do for you, I would love to invite you to join Sacred Sky, the six-week breathwork course, which starts on the 15th of November. If you resonate with the terms highly sensitive or empath, you will know that the busyness of daily life can often leave you feeling clouded and overwhelmed by the energy of others. It is really important to establish good energetic boundaries and grounding practices that help you blow away the layers of murky energy that leave the sense of stuckness in your body. Breathwork is one of my go-to practices for keeping my energy clean and clear and coming back to my home frequency. When I am connected to my body and my energy, I can easily tell when people, places, and things are pulling me outside of myself. Sacred Sky is a six-week breathwork journey where you will learn to become your own healer, to shift your stuckness, your stagnant energy, and connect to your intuition. If you'd like to join me on this journey, you can join by going to sacred sky or one word forward slash breathwork. You can find this link in the show notes of this podcast, or feel free to reach out to me on social media if you're struggling to access the page to register. Registration ends on the 13th of November, and there are various rates available to suit different budgets, but everybody receives the same service. I'm really looking forward to seeing you in our Sacred Sky journey.